0: Welcome to The Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar.
1: Uh, hey, today is a big day. I, you say, is the preacher going to preach today? Not really, because we have so many things. I think it's more important for you to do what we're about to talk about than to hear something from me this morning, okay? So I want to welcome Ashley Prather. She's our Director of Communities here, and... Uh, and today is Community Sign Up Sunday, and so Ashley's going to fill us in on all things communities. And I just want to say too, Ashley does such a good job. Yeah. She loves you guys, and she she has basically single-handed. She hates she hates it. She single-handedly built the community structure at at the dwelling and just dr- dreaming with God, making it happen. But we're also grateful for our leaders who lead every semester. So tell us about communities.
0: Okay, so hey, I was, um, does anybody pray in the car? It's like one of my favorite spots. I think because I'm like confined and I'm not on my phone, maybe, but um, I was praying about, okay, what should I say to kinda, because I don't wanna just get up here. <laughs> I don't wanna get up here and just be like, this is how you sign up, because I really wanna talk about what communities are and the, why we prioritize them and why they're so important and just the heart behind what they look like, and um, not, I don't want to just talk logistics, and I got a picture of a group of people in a circle just looking at one another, and then a group of people in a circle with a well, like a stone well in the middle of them, and I think that um, what I want, what I feel like he was showing me, and that I want to communicate to you as we're opening signups this morning, is that we don't gather for the sake of Looking to one another, um, there is a goal and a purpose in gathering together with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, family, for the sake of something bigger than just receiving something from one another. And you know, when you know Jesus and you believe in Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus. That that living water is flowing in you, rivers of living water in you all the time, right? So I'm not saying you come to church on Sundays, you go to communities during the week to get a bucket of water to last you until the next time. I think it's more so like something has to, Jesus has to stay in the center of our gatherings where we're looking to him together and the relationship aspect, the caring for one another aspect, the seeing people clearly and genuinely and everything, it's a byproduct of pursuing Jesus alongside somebody else, and so, um, yeah, there's no, like, we don't do, like, a small group uh, curriculum, or anything like that, it is really, even the word community was an intentional choice of just um, living a a genuine walk alongside everybody else, so we're moving towards Jesus, but we're doing it together, and um, it's it's profound, really, like, the concept of having brothers and sisters, and when you start to see it as family and everything that that entails, it kind of change, it changes your whole life, really. And for me personally, I will say that I have never felt more broken than I feel right now, but I also have never felt more supported than I feel right now, and it's because of community. And it's not, um, we don't pursue like Jesus and other people more than we pursue Jesus for ourselves, but it is a gift that he has given us as a good father that we have brothers and sisters to um, to walk through life with. and so that's the heart behind it is that you would just not have to carry anything heavy um, on your own. I think that God is really pleased when he sees his children caring for one another and so um, yeah, just get in get in a community and and feel that just start to see how it shifts your life and your your mindset and your, um, your spirituality when you have people to, to pursue that with. And, and even, I mean, it's not, um, it's a place where you can go and be like, I'm struggling with this, I have questions about this, um, I don't know how to address this. I mean, it's just, and then there's also the side of it where you're celebrating with one another and you celebrate each other's birthdays and you um, support each other's kids and it's just, it's the whole gamut of like, life is so much more rich when you're connecting with people who are pursuing Jesus with you. And um, so that's my that's the why and that's the heart and that's why I want everyone to benefit from that because it really has changed my family's life in a a really deep way. Logistically, (laughs) Um, how do you sign up? How do you get in one? Our website, thedwellingchurch.org has a button that says join a group. It's really easy. Um, It'll take you straight to the sign up page. We have a table out in the lobby by the greenery wall. Some of the leaders will be hanging out there after service. There's business cards with QR codes. We'll have iPads if you wanna sign up then and there. Something else that we're offering today is if you know that you wanna be a part of communities but you're like, I don't know the leaders all too well, I'm not sure which one I should get into, there is um, a sign-up page, a physical page on the table where you can give me your contact information And I will reach out to you this week and get to know you and help get you into a group that feels right for you and your family. Um, So that's that. The groups will meet for the first time the week of September 10th. So we'll have two weeks where we're just saying, hey, get in a group, get in a group, get in a group, and then you'll start meeting on a weekly basis for 12 weeks. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. It's going to be a good semester, best one ever. And um, I, I know we've got a lot of testimonies uh, from previous semesters of how the Lord's worked in your lives. And I know we have some testimonies from last Sunday. Uh, we had some people healed in, in, uh, in our service last Sunday. Uh, if the Lord is doing anything in your life, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, He is, all right? He's always working. If He's doing anything in your life, um, it's really important you share that. So as communities are ramping up, um, if you have a community story to share of how the Lord worked through your community, worked through, worked in your life through community, uh, go to dwellingchurch.org, click on that testimony button, and leave your testimony there. And what that does is it encourages other people. We share this stuff on social media if we get permission from you to do so and uh it just encourages people, it builds people's faith. Could it be that the that your story with God could be the thing that unlocks somebody else's? I mean, I'm pretty sure you came to faith because number one, you heard the gospel, but it it was demonstrated through a life, and so don't don't hide your light. You remember the song we used to sing hiding under a bushel? No, no. there you go, some of y'all are some church kids. I'm just saying, all right. Well, um, I want to share, I lied a little bit, I'm going to preach a little bit, but uh, I want to share really just what I believe to be the heart of God for this house right now. As far as direction, as far as how he's leading us, where he's leading us, and I've already mentioned this last week, and um, you've probably seen it in some of our weekly communication and stuff, but we are setting aside the month of September to just seek the Lord, to really seek his face. And um, we're calling it return. And there was this phrase, return, that was just echoing in my heart. And I I just felt the Lord just saying that over and over. And, um, you know, it makes sense that we've just finished a series called Tested. And I'll get you to testify about your test. How many have been through a test lately where you're just like, oh, oh." I feel like there has been this season and I know we're always going to be going through tests in our life lives. But as a church specifically, I feel like we have we have passed the test. And it's like, you know, in that series we talked about testing is not for approval Testing is for advancement. And so whatever the Lord has for us next, it has required us to go through a season of testing. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever heard so much testing as I have this year. But it's not, for, it's not for naught. It's not a waste. It's actually unto something. And so I feel like we're entering into a preparation time for what the Lord actually has built in us so that he can pour out in us what he wants to pour out. Because he doesn't pour out blessing, he doesn't pour out his spirit on, on people who are not uh, built for it. He doesn't, he doesn't give us something that will destroy us. He actually builds and forms the character in us that can manage and handle what he wants to give us, okay? So that's what he's been doing. If you've been, go- if you've been going through a test in your life, That's been the purpose of the Lord in that. Now, if it's suffering, if it's sickness, we don't believe the Lord does that stuff, but he does use those things. What the enemy meant for evil, he will turn for good. And patience, and like Wes talked about last week, enduring faith is the thing that's gonna get us, not just through our test, because it's not about the test, it's about what's coming after the test. And so enduring faith is not just necessary in our testing it's necessary for what's coming afterward and so enduring faith in this season that we're coming into is going to be so so important listen looking to the future if you're not intent if you're not anticipating with joy the future you're not thinking about the future right that's what hope is something good's coming all right. So if you're if you if you're thinking doom and gloom for the future, what I want you to do is maybe be re, be transformed by the renewing of your mind this morning and actually think what God has coming is better than what has been. And I'm not just being a name it claim it preacher this morning. He's good. He's actually good. And so we can expect the father of lights to give good gifts. There's no shadow of turning with him. He's always been good. Character is the only thing that's going to get us through, not just a trial, but actually be able to take the baton and run with it. And the Lord is looking for some people, and I believe he's looking for a church on the west side of Savannah that will say, we're willing to carry what the Lord wants to give us. And we want to say, yeah, and amen, and yeah, that sounds awesome, and we love blessing, we love favor from the Lord, we love revival, we love all these things. But there is always a cost to following Jesus. If I could bring a little sobriety to the yes and amen, there is a cost. Every time you say yes to what Jesus is doing, and it will cost you something. But the whole renewed mind thing is what Jesus is giving me is better than anything that I'm, I'm giving up. It's, you're always trading up with God. Always. And so the Lord's calling us to return to him. He's calling us to return to him. The Lord's calling us to set our face on him. It's really easy during trials, during tests to look at our circumstances and set our attention and our focus on what's happening in our lives. But just like Ashley said, communities, we're building it around seeing him. Our focus is him. And so sometimes when we kind of put our lives on autopilot, the trajectory might get a little bit off. And it's not perceptible until a little time passes. And then you're on the shoulder right? And he said, well, being on the shoulder is not a bad thing. You're still kind of going, you're still on the road. But if you don't correct, you will end up in the woods, all right? So what I don't want us to do, what I don't want from my life is to say, oh yeah, I got this. I know Jesus. He's been good to me. I got a history with God. A history with God is important, but a history of God is to point us to future with God, And we can't get in autopilot or else we will get off the road. And so this season that the Lord is calling us to is a season of pointing our face and looking at him in his face again. It's returning to some things that we might have forgotten. It's returning to some things with him that we have neglected. And he's not, listen, this is not his heart. Shame on you. That's not his heart. His heart is, hey, come on, boys and girls. Let's get back on the road. This is the best place for you to be. It's what he's saying to me. It's what he's saying to you. It's what he's saying to us as the dwelling church. When I shared this, when I started talking about return, some of you prophetic people started talking the Jewish calendar to me. And uh, hey, did you know... A, this is pretty cool. I, I had no idea. I mean, zero points for your pastor not knowing where, what holiday we're on on the Jewish calendar. But how about I get some points for knowing what season we're in, whether I know the calendar or not. Okay, just kidding. All right, so Teshuvah. That's the central theme of the time between Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, collectively known as the 10 days of Teshuvah. Do you know what Teshuvah means literally? Return. Do you know that we're in that time right now? That when we're entering into September, on the Lord's heart, he said it throughout eternity, that this, as long as there was time, this time was to be set apart for returning to him. To set our hearts on him, to set our face, to seek his face. And so we have not only had that confirmation, but there have been, who was here for the dream series? (laughs) He started speaking during the dream series. Dreams just exploded. You start talking about dreams, you're going to have dreams. And uh, a lot of the dreams we've had, I just got one from uh, Rachel right here last week. They all have a theme, preparation. Hey, prepare. There, there is something new on the way, and we need to prepare for it. We need to prepare our hearts for it. We need to be ready. I can say this from experience, and I bet you can too. I have been in my own life unprepared for what the Lord wanted to do. And I don't lose his approval of me, but I lose the full intent that he has for me. And, and, and so when I think about that thought, I think about there is a fear of the Lord. It's not, ooh, scary God, like run away. It's, I have a fear of the Lord that I don't want to, I don't want to get off the road. That's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord actually pulls me close. And so we're entering a time, if I could just say it, of the fear of the Lord returning to our lives so that we realize, oh, I'm on the shoulder. I need to get back on the road because that's where Jesus is. And I want to be where Jesus is. I, I, I want it to be in my own life as your pastor that the most unsettling, disturbing thing I can think of is that I, dep- I got off the road with Jesus. That somehow I got distracted from seeking him with my whole heart, from wholehearted devotion. And I, I know it in the room because I, I, I can just see this. It's like we know that we've departed from wholehearted devotion. And the Lord says, he's not, he's not shaming us. He's not pointing the finger. He's saying, come home, return, return. And it's more than an altar call on a Sunday. The Lord is calling us to a season of tilling the soil and making ready for harvest. And so what he's going to do is going to require us to lean in a little better than we normally do, to minimize distraction, to set our face. Jeremiah 24, 7. I think we got that on the screen. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return to me. With their whole heart. Let me ask you a question. What would it look like for you to return to the Lord with your whole heart? With your whole heart. Hosea 6, 1 through 3. This is so appropriate after a season of testing. Come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. He will bandage us. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. He's going out as sure as the dawn and he will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. That's a promise from God's word. He's coming. He's coming. I don't know when he's coming back to set up his kingdom in full reality, but I know he's coming in revival. I know he's coming for the harvest that it lies in wait in our city. He's reviving the laborers. He's answering the prayers of saints who have prayed in former generations. That God would raise up a people to take this city for the kingdom of God. And this sounds like really big talk. It sounds like really vague, can't put my finger on it, can't grasp But I'm telling you, it's real. And what the Lord is wanting to pour out on his people, if there will be a people who will stand in the rain and open their mouths... I was, we were playing goofy golf last night for my daughter's birthday and they got the fans out there and they needed them and they spray water and we needed that. It was hot. (laughs) Smart somebody that did that, okay. But my kids was in there. And I thought, that's what the Lord wants me to do. I can't make it happen. I can just stand there, set my sails Open my mouth to receive the rain that he wants to pour out. He's just looking for a people who are postured appropriately. He's looking for a people who are postured for what he wants to give us. Do you you hear his heart? His good heart. His generous heart. All right. So what do we do? I mentioned this last week, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it every week. There's three things that I that I want to ch- that I'm doing, and I want to challenge this church to do as well. And then n- number one thing is this: make it personal. We can talk about, you know, I, I remember going to prayer meetings early on, and we would say we're gonna have a revival prayer meeting. We're gonna pray for revival. And I'm thinking, oh, great, this is awesome. This is my heart. This is God's heart. We're going to pray for revival. And all it was was complaining about the president or somebody. And that's why we don't have revival. Because we're not willing to look here. I believe if we'll make it personal. And, and, and lay hold of the promise in Jeremiah 29 that says, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. If we'll, if we'll actually do what Jesus said about not looking for a speck in our brother's eye, but maybe notice that we got a log hanging out of ours and take care of that during the month of September, make it personal. And do you know sometimes personal is painful? Do you know that you don't experience any conflict in a relationship where you keep a distance? But when you get close, when you start living with somebody for a little while, you start seeing them more like you didn't see them before. And you start having some conflict. Can I just say that's the way it is with the Lord too? Because if you keep him at a distance and if he's Sunday to you, you're never really confronted when you get in his presence. But when you... When you pull close, you'll start seeing some things you don't like about the way you're living, the way you're thinking. I'm telling you, if you will seek your face, seek his face with all that you've got, you'll see him. But you'll also see you. But it's 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 refining. And it's like we've been through the test. Why would we waste the test? Pull close. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if I see some things in my own heart, in my own life that I need to confess and repent of to change the way I'm walking, I want to do that because I want to stay on the road. Everybody say, make it personal. Make it personal. All right. Number two is this. I'm, I'm challenging the dwelling church and everybody who calls this place family or home to make it personal. And during the month of September to fast and pray. Now, some of y'all go for the whole, the whole month and you won't eat anything. God bless you. If he tells you to do that, do it. Juice it up, whatever. Some of you might, as you talk with the Lord, and I don't want you to talk to the Lord about it. Don't autopilot the fasting either. Like, Lord, what do, you see, what do you want us to do together? Because you're doing it with him. And if you do it with him, there's a grace for it. Maybe that's why fasting can't go so well sometimes in our lives. We're all legalistic about it. But if we do it with him, there's a grace for it. And there'll be more fruit. And so ask him, what am I doing? Maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm not eating. Maybe I do a seven-day fast. Maybe I do the Daniel fast where I'm not eating sweets and meats, you know, and I'm, I'm just doing the Whole Foods thing for 21 days. or what? I don't care what you do. Just do something. And biblical fasting is abstaining from food. Okay, that's, that's the only, I know they didn't have cell phones back then, but like the only biblical definition we have for fasting is abstaining from food. Can, can I just say something? I love the cell phone thing. I do think we should limit distractions. If you're healthy enough to not eat, don't use the cell phone's excuse to still eat. You know what I'm saying? I think some people do that Some I've done that before. Here's why we fast. We're not beating ourselves so that God will love us or like us. What we're doing is we're saying no to the things that rule us to say yes to the king who should be in charge of our lives. And so fasting is not a legalistic thing. It's not let me punish myself so God will bless me. It's not that. It's I want to say no to the things that have my attention. I want to say no to my flesh, so that my spirit can rise up and say yes. All right, I can tell you this: there was a season of my life where I fasted a whole lot, <laughs> probably too much. Bethany was looking at pictures not long ago. She said, "You're just too skinny." <laughs> I don't think I have that problem right now, but um, but can I tell you something? That season of my life, there were seeds planted. There was, there was fallow ground plowed up that I, there is no doubt in my mind the major life-changing moments and seasons of my life were a direct result of what I sowed in fasting. The Lord will honor you seeking Him with all your heart. Say, make it personal. Make it personal. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Doesn't, get, doesn't matter what it looks like. Just talk with the Lord about what it looks like and do it. And then number three, is attend a prayer room. And here's why. If you didn't know this, we've got three opportunities every week to come into this room and pray. Now, if you've been to a prayer meeting before, you probably don't want to (laughs) come. Because most prayer meetings are dumb, if I can just say that. (laughs) Because we just complain. Prayer room is different. Prayer room is a two-hour worship set where all we're doing is giving Jesus a space to be loved on. It's not about getting our answers. It's not about getting entertained. It's not about getting goosebumps. It's not about any of that. It's about, Jesus, you're worthy of two hours or an hour or however long I can stay for my lunch break or whatever. You're worthy of a moment of me just being in your presence. And worshiping you. So we have worship. Sometimes there's live worship. Sometimes it's an iPad. But there's this, just a peace. And I'm gonna tell you what's happened in my life since we started prayer rooms. And it's very, not very perceptible. But what happens is over time, the junk's coming out. And I can feel myself responding in situations that before would have freaked me out. And now I've got a peace. And now I'm resting in him. There's, a, there's a, a spiritual discipline called solitude and silence that we've kind of forgotten. Prayer room is a space for that. Just get quiet. Listen to his voice. Be with him. Do you know prayer is more about being with him than it is talking to him? And there is intercession. There is that peace in there. But you know, uh, I heard somebody say one time, if I've got, I think it was Derek Prince said, if I've got 20 minutes to pray, I'll worship for 15 and pray for five. Why? Because it changes our mind. It changes how we're seeing things and then we can actually pray rightly. Rightly. So come experience that in prayer room. So let's do this together. One, make it personal. Fast and pray. Attend a prayer room. Mondays, 10 to 12 in the morning. Uh, Come and go. You know, stay for two hours. It's a come and go kind of thing if you've been before. Uh, Thursdays, 10 to 12. That's another morning set. And then we also have Wednesdays, 7 to 9. And I'll say this, if you've got a heart for a prayer room and you want to get trained to lead one, stand up, Rachel, where are you at? You can reach out on the website or run, run Rachel, that's hard to say, run Rachel down and say, hey, I want to lead a prayer room. And we do training for that. And just creating a space. Eventually, this building, I've seen it, this building will be a place where prayer and worship are rising all the time. Why? Because he's worthy of it. It's starting to break my heart that Savannah doesn't have a place where that is constant. Yeah. At two in the morning is Jesus being worshipped because he should be. Return. Sometimes returning calls us to do really different things. Maybe even considered drastic. But won't love make you do that? Love will make you act silly. You ever seen me when me and Bethany started dating? I mean, it was ridiculous. I believe some of us, because of what we sow in September, we're gonna love the Lord like that. And a lot of that, a lot of that love that we have for Him at the beginning is gonna come back. All right, so let's. Let's end service this way. I feel like we're just supposed to call everybody to prayer, okay? So if you're able, I want to call you to the front. Because sometimes we just got to do something to make it real, okay? So everybody just stand. And uh, if you're able, come on up. You can kneel or you can stand. It doesn't matter. I just want you to posture your hearts. let's pray together father we thank you so much that you don't leave us to our own will our own devices lord you're always calling us you're always calling us to return and lord as we enter into this season in september this teshuva this return Lord, I pray for a grace over my life and over every life that's here and watching online. Lord, I just pray for an awareness of your presence like we've never had. I pray for uh, open eyes and open hearts. And just right now where you are, just, just ask the Lord, open my eyes. Open my heart to you. Lord, I pray for protection from the enemy, that any assignment, anything that he has planned for this month of consecration to distract us, to to turn our attention away from you, we just cancel every bit of that right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that sickness and um, distraction and, and problems and issues and appliance dis- being destroyed and all that kind of stuff that would not happen so that we could just focus in on you this this month we come against the enemy and we just say no in the name of Jesus Lord we pray that your word would come alive to us we pray Lord that there would be people in this house to just fall in in love with your word again Lord that the pages the words on the pages would jump out they would be like arrows in our hearts that our minds would be renewed by your words. And just like Peter we said, where else can we go? You have the words of life. Lord, I pray that we fall in love with your word again over this month. Lord, we pray for um, we pray for encounters with you. God, we pray for deep encounters in your word, but we also pray for visitations, Lord in the night. Lord, we pray for dreams We ask for visions to be poured out on your people, your sons and your daughters. Not so that we could mark a check on our spiritual list, but, Lord, so that we can know you more. Lord, that's what we want. We want to set our face to seek you and to know you more. Lord, we pray for grace, for radical obedience, Lord. That when you call us to obey, when you call us to do something... We will not sit on it. We will not wait on it. We won't even get counsel on it if we know it's your word and your voice. And we would just step out and do it, Lord. You're calling us to radical obedience. And we ask that you'd help us to just follow you, God. We help help us to love you like you need to like you ought to be loved. Help us to follow you, God. Lord, we consecrate ourselves for the month of September. Knowing we don't probably even know what we're asking for. But Lord, we know that revival and renewing and refreshing is what we need. And Lord, we pray for this city. We pray for the ripples of just glory and grace that are going to be poured out on our city because of what we said yes to in the month of September. So we say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to do what you want to do. We invite you to do what only you can do. So we lay our flesh down. We lay all our dreams about what we want to get from you down, and we just say, here I am, Lord. Reveal yourself to us. Change us, Lord. Lord, you're worthy of every offering we can give. And we, 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 we make this song that's playing over us right now, our prayer. Lord, make us a vessel. Make us an offering, God. Make us into something that you want us to be. So, Father, that's our prayer. And we rest on your grace. We lean on you. It's not in our strength. It's not in our power. But we're doing our part. And we're trusting you that you're going to come through and be who you say you are. We pray you pour out your spirit on dry and thirsty ground. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen, amen, amen. All right, God bless you guys. Go sign up for a community, and uh, and let's do this. Let's believe God for his best, amen? God bless you guys.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.